So it depends where you start measuring the taint. Mm. Do you measure it at where the, you know, the... Yeah, it's like, is the taint half full? Yeah, or is the taint half, half empty? full? It's exactly my words. Is the taint half full or half empty? Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. And welcome everybody to Dr. After Dark. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you uh, keeping the winds in the in our sails so we can keep doing this show and supporting the people that support us. Today, the one and only Dave Smith, Legions of Skank. He's got uh, oh, at Comic Dave Smith on Twitter and at The Problem Dave Smith on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, also, a New Year's Eve show where he is headlining at the Comedy Club, uh, the Comedy, comedy Store, store comedy with Louis store. J. Gomez, with, uh, who you've had on. We've had Louis J. Gomez on here, and I'm, <laughs> I'm still looking at some of the clips of his appearance and shaking my head. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a maniac. He's a maniac. But uh, so uh, I had a bunch of things I want to personally talk to you about. A, uh, did I maybe first I get all your plugs out there? Libertas, Libertas special. You want to put that up out? What's that? Oh, uh, that special. was a, that was my hour special I put out a few years ago. It's up for free on YouTube if anyone Excellent. wants to check that out. And keep going. What's up above that? Uh, Legion of Skank, New York. Uh, you're, you you live in New York? Yeah, born and raised in New York City. Is, yeah. that, is that where you live? Oh, well, I'm 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 out. I I'm a refugee of New York from the great COVID insanity. So oh, I live yeah. out in the burbs in Jersey now. But so, I was born and raised, lived there my whole life. It's interesting. I was there just this last week, and I noticed most of the not most. It just looking like you know somebody comes into the city every couple months. Less young people than I'm used to seeing. Like a lot of young folk just stayed out of the city once COVID chased them out. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah, well, it's it's like really tragic to me. I mean, the city has been just destroyed yeah. over COVID. And, and it's so much worse than it ever has been. And it's more expensive. Yeah. You're paying more yes. for just what? Because there's more homeless people around yeah. or something. <laughs> so this is what we're paying for. More zombies. And it's insane, man. I mean, like people, you know, people I know who are making like, you know, like two, three hundred thousand dollars a year are like, yeah, I don't know if I can afford. That's struggling, this city, yeah. You know, yeah. And and so then I'm just, I, I don't even know how would a young person even think about, yeah, uh, living in New York City. And I'm sure, like, there's still cool things that people want about New York City. I'm sure, but I, I'd have to imagine for so many of them, they're like, yeah, I just this just isn't practical. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, one of the cool things is Legion of Skanks, which I wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed doing that show with you guys. We I, loved having you I, on. I didn't know what I was getting into, really, <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed it, number one. Number two, uh, back to our buddy Lewis, how the fuck do those guys smoke so much weed and stay so sharp? It's, and you you were you were with them, weren't you smoking some weed? With no, them? I don't. I don't smoke. I'm the only the one who doesn't smoke. They, they smoke they were a going ton of weed. Crazy, like so yeah. dabbing and going nuts and sharp as shit the whole time. I I couldn't believe it. I could barely keep up with them. I was not smoking weed. Well, and, it's a it's a weird thing. Like weed, I used to smoke a lot of weed, uh, and I I stopped a few years ago. Um, but it's a weird thing where like if you smoke a ton of weed. Then smoking weed is just kind of like having a glass of wine. It's just, but if you don't smoke weed, if you're not cross training your body for weed, <laughs> and then you just take like one, like if I just took one little hit of weed right yeah. now, as I haven't smoked in years, I'd be like on Pluto. Like well, just, these guys you know, know I had a I was at a famous pot smoker's house and thought I'd be one of the cool kids. Took a hit and had a, just an insane toxic reaction, like where I yeah. was I couldn't I, I was like had Parkinson's and I oh, had yeah, to leave the party. It was just terrible. You're like nothing about this is fun. Nothing. This is not enjoyable. Nothing. It was yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. It just plays played old horrible. That's like once you get out of smoking weed for long enough, you're like I would actually have to work to get back into this. I'd have to power through the first couple months of being miserable in order to get back to enjoying this. And the first time you and I met was at the Freedom Fest. That's and right. We were in South Dakota together. Mm -hmm. Both You were emceeing this big thing, and I was speaking there. And at the time, it struck me as a little odd. It was kind of a di I was intrigued by everybody, but it, was, it seemed like a different group. Now they seem like reasonable <laughs> Yeah. But compared to how things have gone in this country, right? I Well, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I'm like a hardcore radical libertarian. And I understand to a lot of people we do come off as, you know, you're like, well, this seems a little bit crazy. It just, it, it, until it, you see how crazy the establishment is. And then you're like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, stay, yeah, it's too much government. Got it. I got it. Yeah. It, the, it, it attracts a certain 
uh, you know, everything in politics attracts these people that go to excess. It's the excesses yeah. that are the problem on all sides. Sure. But the libertarian excess is sort of a kind of an interesting group. It's just, I, I, they were just different. It is a very uh, interesting group. Uh, yes. But but the mainstream, uh, I always kind of thought I was sort of libertarian, except the mainstream libertarians I know don't have a heart. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like they're just like, Oh, you have a problem? You deal with it. The government's not going to deal with it. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah which it, it seems to me always to be like the wrong way to approach it. Like the the argument from my perspective is is like I, like I'm a libertarian because I'm a humanitarian because I think that governments crush innocent people's lives so often. And like look at something like, you know, the lockdowns just for an example. Oh, it's yeah. not as if like, oh, I'm opposed to the lockdowns because I really don't want to help people not get sick it's like oh, i'm opposed to them because these are destroying people's lives and by the way not even preventing people from getting sick that's the point it's that they don't, didn't work they were ill-advised ill-conceived didn't contemplate the ill effects ill effects have been profound yeah and they continue anyway but i, I would terrible. also argue that even if they did work a little bit that it i would still be against them even if the lockdowns had done like something to mitigate the spread of the virus which it's unclear that they did anything yes, at all correct. but even if they had done something i still think you're you're just going down the wrong path if you look at things that way yeah. you know it's like there's like an old uh like libertarian uh um concept or or, or thought experiment where they they'd say so what if you you're a perfectly healthy person and you go to the doctor's office for you know a checkup and he uh he knocks you unconscious and harvests all your organs and saves seven people's lives right. with those organs, right. which you could do theoretically. Right. Right. Now, would you just take the utilitarian approach to that and say, "Well, more people were helped than were hurt," or do you just go, "Wait, wait, no"? <laughs> so, sorry, there has to be a baseline of like you don't have a right to do that. Right. And I think that if if public health officials wanted to advise people to stay home or advise them to close their businesses or advise them not to have a funeral for their father or whatever, fine. But I, I just, it, at a certain point, it's like you either believe in liberty or totalitarianism. It really is kind of a binary. Either you have a right to tell people it's a crime for them to work or you don't. And I think we've, we've given up on the kind of give me liberty or give me death spirit that this country was supposed to be about. And it's resulted in nothing but disaster. Italy just recently uh, voted somebody in who has a similar kind of spirit to her, it seems like. I, I don't I don't know what to feel about it yet. I've looked at it carefully enough. There's all kinds of weird coalition building, and so you don't really ever get a majority that brings right. somebody into power in Italy. But she certainly speaks. Uh, her rhetoric is certainly inspiring and nice. Yeah, well, it's it's also very hard to tell with these things because everyone in like the corporate press calls everyone a right wing fascist, fascist. Yeah, yeah. and so then you're like, well, what is? It? It's not that there are no right wing fascists, but it's just like I've already seen you call so many people right wing fascists who aren't anything like that. I can't that. tell if she is. Or so not. I don't yeah. know. And, right. and and in a in a way, it's like like this boy who cried wolf type thing where now you guys have lost the ability to actually warn me yeah. that there's a real fascist somewhere because yeah. and now I just dismiss you every time you say it, yes. which is dangerous on many but it, like, but it's true. Main, ways. Mainstream press is just completely killed itself, completely. Yeah. There, there's really no nothing legitimate in the press right now that I can see. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, they've, you know, it's just, it's really the 21st century. The whole, the whole 21st century, it's been a slow, just like self-inflicted destruction Immolation. of the, of the yep. corporate press. Yep. And it's, it, it, it was only so long before people kind of caught on to it. Like this is, this is the essence of why they were unable to stop Donald Trump is because even by that point, by 2016, people just didn't believe them anymore. It's like, you, are, you guys are the ones who sold us the war in Iraq. You guys are the ones who, sold, like, we know you lie to us. Yep. So we don't buy it yep. anymore. Yep. And, and, and now over COVID, I mean... It's really just the whole thing is hard to even believe. Even states like New York, they're just not doing any of it anymore. I mean, they they ridiculed Texas and Florida and South Dakota for being wildly irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And then they had no worse results than New York and actually better results than New York. And then New York just stopped. No apology. No, no, even like they don't even acknowledge that something happened. And that's why it's OK for us to not have the vaccine passport anymore. They just stopped. And it's just like, we're going to move on from that. Like, we're going to pretend the last two and a half years didn't happen. Right. It's, it's hard to swallow. Yeah. It's hard to swallow. So, so how did Skanks happen? Well, Legion of Skanks, the podcast? Yeah. Uh, well, me, Lewis, and Jay were just like friends. I mean, we like... When from, we, from the city? From stand-up, from wow. the stand-up comedy scene. And uh, Jay had started a little bit before us. 
and he was a little bit more established than us, so he would kind of like bring me and Lewis out on the road with them, and we all just hung out all the time. And then we eventually were just like, oh, we should do we we should do something together. We wrote um, a pilot and called it Legion of Skanks, uh, which was just awful. Um, <laughs> At the time, we thought it was really good. I'll tell you, we thought it was really good. We were like, you were smoking weed. Yeah, I was smoking a lot of weed back then, and I was yeah. like, man, this is groundbreaking. And then we, I, we, I hadn't even thought about this until, I guess, like two years ago, we, uh, so Jay found a copy of the script, and he's like, we should read this on the podcast. We should do like a live reading. Smart. And so we did it, and I was like, man, we stunk. Like, I thought we were so good. But then when that went nowhere, we started the podcast, and that ended up being really good. So yeah, that you we, got, you we got, got something out of it. Faithful fans. Oh yeah. Well, they have nothing else, Doctor Drew. This is all. All they have is this podcast. I don't know. It, they, they're, they show, they're, lo- they're loyal to a fault. They show up in the city. Oh yeah. And, and they have lots of options there, but they are your fans. No, I'm. I'm saying. I'm not saying there. There are lots of options in the city. I'm saying these people are welcome nowhere else. Oh, except I see. That's our show. I see. Would they, not, would, you would not, they, they would not be, be allowed anywhere else. They would be removed else. from any other establishment. I did get that flavor about okay. it. That's yeah. true. That's true. I, I got that. But uh, what? What is it? Why is the Legion of Gangs so? I, I'm trying to figure out why I liked it so much. Well, I think it's a very, in in a way, I think we're all kind of like a throwback thing where we're there. There's like a real kind of thirst nowadays. I think for kind of the authentic raw comedy that used to be what we all grew up on. Yes. Like people, you know, nowadays with all the woke crazy standards, people look at us and they're like, "How can you do this wildly offensive podcast?" And to me, I'm like. I don't, am I like in a different universe than everybody else? Like I grew up on, you know, the family guy and the Simpsons and South Park and Howard Stern. And like, I'm from the Jerry Springer generation. What do you expect us to be Christian conservatives or something? Like what? Yeah, this is what comedy is. Comedy is supposed to make comedy. Ballsy, you you know, like, and so that's the, the style. And we just kind of never, um, I think we never like compromised an inch. On that, we were like, like this is how everyone did stand up comedy when when I first started, and we're just like, we're gonna keep doing what we think is hilarious, and we try, you know, the the whole goal of the show is to like take the most offensive things and find the funny in it, yes. Which is one of the all I always thought one of the most beautiful things about stand up comedy. And, and yet, I think I I disturb Lewis by comparing him to the gay Chechenian gangster on Barry. Can you, can you put a picture of that guy? I'm up not there? familiar with this guy. Uh, no, we put a picture of it up, and Lewis got very quiet after that. Really? He's there. He is. That, 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 Wait, is that Lewis or the gay Chechenian? That's the gay. That's the just. <laughs> um, do, I get it. Get the left. The left upper corners. There. The up. Yeah. Isn't that Lewis? I mean, I, that, yeah, I see it. So He's better dressed. I, I mean, and the guy's a brilliant actor. He really just steals this show. Uh, if you ever have a chance to watch Barry, it's so funny as hell. But I, I was staring at Lewis that night at the Skanks guy. Who does he remind me of? What the fuck? And then I went, oh, yeah, this guy. He's exactly like this guy. And Lewis got very quiet when I said that. He didn't like it. Uh, he's like much he's, better looking. Lewis, you're much better looking than this guy. Lewis, Lewis was like, he's on to me. He, he knows my secret. Oh, my God. So funny. So are you familiar with uh, your mom's house in this world here you're in? My, my mom's this, house. This, this is your mom's house. Oh. This is your mom's house. You're in oh, your house. Oh, I other. thought you meant my mother's no, no. house. Like, I've uh, been this, there several K- times. K- Tony yes. Hincliffe thought that, too. He thought when he came on your mom's house studios that he was going to have to talk about his mom, which I may make no. you do, but but that's not the point. This is, okay. a, this is a world where we listen to, we watch videos of people's terrible behavior. Some, some of the stuff okay. you guys do, too. Okay. You know, and... Um, I take voicemails and emails and answer questions, and then you can help me answer some of those questions. All right, sounds good. Right. But before we do that, I want to hear a little more about your history. So where in New York did you grow up? Uh, Brooklyn, born and raised. Which city? Which part? Uh, I, I lived in Park Slope and Prospect nice. Heights. Mm-hmm. I moved around a lot. Very nice, though. Yeah, not bad. Well, it's not, it wasn't then what it is now. It was always like a nice area, but it wasn't like now you got to be like a millionaire to, yeah. to live there. It was yeah. it was very like kind of um, middle class mm. when when I grew up. It wasn't there. the bad part of Brooklyn, that's for sure. No, yeah. no, no, no. Although you know, it was always it was never that far. You know, like yeah. I was like when I lived in Prospect Heights, it was like you know five blocks to Crown Heights or something like that, and they yeah. were kind of wild over there. But you know how it is in New York City; it weirdly kind of stays there. Occasionally, you know, you get mugged by someone who came from there to come pop in and say hi. But uh, that was but it was it was cool. It was a cool uh, place to grow up. I loved it. I have very fond memories of it. Are your um, parents still there? No, no. My uh, my mother's in Manhattan, uh, but uh, they all they all got out of Brooklyn 
uh, at and some your point. dad they, they separated or they yeah they got divorced when i was like three and a half so yeah. I, I don't really have a relationship with my dad dr drew now that i'm in my mom's house i feel like i can open up about he, this he's gonna start I crying in a second but that's it's all right like why didn't he ever care <laughs> uh <laughs> is he one of these guys that came back now that you have some success Oh, he he hit me up uh, like a couple times recently. Uh, it was after he lost everything in uh, like in '08 in the finance, and then oh, wow. he hit me up and was like, "Hey, so here you've been on TV. What's going on with this?" Um, but no, we haven't talked in a long time. Are you doing some television now? Uh, well, I've do I've been doing like the the cable news circuit for years, so they they use as, me as on, a pundit, on all that stuff. as a comedian. yeah yeah the comedian libertarian guy, <laughs> which is fine. It's fun I feel a niche. You should you should go on Gutfeld. That would be an interesting. I've been I've been yeah, on several okay. times. I love right, Greg good. Gutfeld. Yeah yeah yeah. He's I yeah, I I'm a big fan and he's a fan of mine as well. Okay good because you you'd fit in with that whole world. Yeah. Um. All right. And so you did you go to school college or I uh I dropped out after a year and a half Where were of you? college. I was in uh, Hartwick College mm. in Oneonta, New York. Mm-hmm. Um. Was not for me. Mm. I uh I I went for a year and a half. I think I stopped going didn't really go for the last half kind of just went to some classes and then bailed but yeah i did not like college dropped out and shortly after got into stand-up it was more my speed back, never looked back it's funny i i was telling these guys last week that uh the idea of going to college and not attending class is one of the most unpleasant feelings i could imagine Oh yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I I like can't tolerate it. It's yeah, so yeah. It was um, and it was stupid. It was stupid for me to go to begin with, and it and it was the smart move was for me to drop out. It was just wasting money for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why I, you know, with all the the talk about like student debt forgiveness and all that, is it's an interesting thing that I've seen at least a lot of young people. At least the benefit of all of it is that they're starting to go, hey, should I go to college? Mm. Like, is that such a given? Oh, is, it, is it such a given that I should go, you know, spend myself into like a hundred grand of debt before I'm 21 and just that's how I start and go for this four year piece of paper that gives me no real tangible skills is simply just like, oh, because I have this paper, maybe someone will give me more money. Yeah. No, my, my son announced to me that he goes, look, when I have kids, I, unless they want to be doctor, lawyer, accountant or yeah. academic, career in academics, no college. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's. Like I would just say, like with any anything else, right? Like the same way, if they were like starting a business or something, and or, or whatever it is, if they go, look, I got to go a hundred grand, I got to spend a hundred grand for the next four years, mm. my life between eighteen and twenty-one, and you'd be like, okay, well, what's the plan? Yeah. What, what's the plan? What are you here? Do, with do you that? have a plan? Yeah. Like, if, let me hear the plan. Let's talk about it. But if you're just like, no, no plan, just figure it out. It's like well, then don't go into a hundred grand would, of debt. I was so shocked when my kids were applying to college like ten years ago, and. The, the sort of college uh, instructors or whatever they were, advisors, were like, well, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for an academic experience, but if you're looking for a social, I'm not, like, I'm going to spend $60,000 a year for, for partying? Yeah, and, but, and, and why are we doing this? And 18-year-olds can find a party wherever they are. Yes, they'll, fi- they'll yes, have a social experience. Yes. Like, that's what they do. It's, it, you know, it's like, I don't know, the... the the whole Ugh. thing is so messed up and there's something like there's a lot of evil people, you know, who have done messed up things to these kids in the whole situation. Like, what do you mean? Look, well, I mean, the banks who are giving mm. these for, for years, Terrible government loans. guaranteed loans. Yeah. Right. And now it's just the government giving them out. But yeah. for years, it was just like financial institutions having the backing of government. Mm-hmm. In other words, giving a loan to an 18 year old who you would never give for anything else. Mm-hmm. If that same 18 year old came in for a mortgage. They'd never give them a mortgage never. for $150,000. And that's a collateralized loan where they could actually take your house. Now they're giving – so that's just recklessly irresponsible that they're yeah. profiting off of that. And then the gov- the politicians who are like you know bragging about how they've gotten all these kids in college. But just think about like all these people at the universities. Like – you know, I remember when my brother graduated. He's much younger than me. But I remember when he graduated. Go to his graduation. You know, they'd be reading off the, the, the names and then what they majored in. Just one after the other. Gender studies, gender studies, mm-hmm. environmental studies, gender studies. Like all these things that you're like, you're telling me no one, not one of these adults in this university had the decency to look at one of these kids and go, hey, look, you may want to think about this. You may want to think about whether it's worth it to give us 150 grand for a gender studies degree. Yeah. You know, like none of them even and, said, they just took their money, they'll teach them anything, feminist dance theory yeah, or whatever say, the hell and, they're and majoring And to be fair, in. you're picking gender studies, but there's probably 
150 yes. other worthless yes. majors. And, and you're like, okay, so what are all these things, these like Ponzi scheme, like things where it's like, oh, what can you do with this? You can teach someone else to right. do this. Right. You can do this until there's not enough suckers left to, to major I, in this. I, I, at one point, was very big believer in teaching kids, you know, analytical thought and careful writing and reading and stuff. But I'm, I, I'm not sure. Was, mm, mm. I, I mean, I thought you could do that with any discipline in academics, but I, yeah. I'm not, I'm no longer convinced. I, look, I could mm. maybe believe in theory that this idea of the universities that there's say like a one or two or five percent of our smartest kids really should go and and go study for four more years and read all of the great books and learn how to write and That's learn how to think. That's not what they're doing. But though. also, but it the idea that it's for everyone. Yeah, yeah. That everyone's this is just the stop after high school yeah. is college. And what is it for the most part? It's a place where people go to like get drunk and go to keg parties and and like hook up. It's stupid. And plus, you can get the exact same thing online for a lot less. It's all available. Like, yeah. everything. It's about every piece of knowledge in human history is basically yeah, on I, your I phone. Still, I still believe in teachers. I still believe teachers are important. But there is a whole sort of um, gig world of, of online teaching. Yeah. You can just hire it per hour. And you get much better teaching than you would at the for university. Sure. For literally a, a thousandth of the price. Yeah. So how long can this can this thing keep going? Well, the market going? will take care of it. No, that's which is what, what I've been saying. It's got the market's got to take well, care. Well, yeah, of this. and and the market would have taken care of this a long time ago. It's like it's the government intervention into the market that props up the whole course, industry. It's so it's health, like if they just if they just thing. stopped giving out the loans yeah. and went let, here, just create a real market where the college would have to provide enough value that it was worth it to spend the yeah. money. This whole thing would be corrected very quickly. Do you know who Michael Malice is? Oh yeah, I was. I literally. Uh, I'm going to his house tonight. I was hanging out with him last night. He's like one of my best friends. Okay, yeah. I, I am. I th I disdain anarchy and i heard him talk the other day i'm like i agree with him 100 yes <laughs> i was like with everything he's saying and yeah. i'm like I, how can that be i'm so confused so yeah. i'm dying to talk to him please uh doesn't that be, I'm, I'm gonna pull him on a different i think he told me he's doing your good show. he got booked okay yes. good 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 but he was like he lives here in austin i was like i'm doing dr drew tomorrow and he goes no he's in la i'm going to la to do his different, show different, different and, show. and he was like and then he was like wait a minute how come i got to go to la he does do it right he, he here in he austin he, he, first of all he doesn't have to go to la he can do it by zoom tell him oh, that okay. i'd be all happy right, to take right. him by zoom um, but I, I really, I'm totally fascinated by the guy. He's, completely, he's completely. brilliant and he's a really, but also a really great person. And that's as, what everybody as much says. As his, his conception of anarchy, he is right about it. No, like he's, that, a, he's a, I completely agree with them. No, his fundamental question is do governments, on what, upon what grounds do there, is there a philosophical argument yeah. for our, for giving governments the rights that they have essentially, or that they claim. Right. And he just doesn't exist. Like, well, that, but that right. is the truth. That to me, that's yeah. the fundamental libertarian. I, I, that's what too. I thought too. Is but that, I, that's why I want to hear yeah. why it's well, anarchist. How can, it's, well, it's the logical conclusion of libertarianism to me. It's like you go look. If you, how could uh, if a government claims a right, and then their claim is that they derive these rights from the people, right? Well, how can people give a group rights that they don't themselves have? To steal from so, each other. Right. If we yeah. if we can't tax yeah. people, like I can't tax you, yeah. where exactly does government derive this right from? It, it, and once you come to you realize that the the goal ought to be as voluntary a society as possible. Now, how exactly you achieve that, how far you can push that is debatable, but Certainly that that should be the goal, that if government is providing a service for you, well, then why does it need to be provided by force? Why can't they do what everyone else does, which is compete for right. your business? That's right. You know, I mean, like if, if the police are the security, I'm sure all of us would be willing to pay for property protection, you know, yeah. like, but if when we don't have a choice, we don't get a really great service. That, that seems like his fundamental issue yeah. is, is the stealing of property mm -hmm. and money yeah. which is like sounds libertarian to me it's so funny um well anyway i tell him please tell him i i heard him on lex uh lex, lex friedman lex yeah, yeah. do you know lex too i've i met lex uh last time i was out here i'm a fan of his but i just met i met him at a, a rogan show oh he he, came, he's he another one out. i got it yeah he's great yeah and, and you guys maybe you guys don't know this also peter atia is another i'm just a huge fan of his which i've been trying to have dinner with him for a little while and I, the, not so much for this environment, I don't think. I, I can't see Peter Atia looking at some of these videos. Dave, yes. Peter, <laughs> yeah, not so much. We'll get there. We'll get to this. Uh, reminder, I did not say, uh, please send the emails, dr.afterdark at gmail.com. And, of course, the voice message is 818-253-1693. 
Uh, gentlemen, where shall we? What should we do first here with the my first thing Dave? we should do is tell Dave to put on his headphones. Yes, oh, yes we're going to be right. listening to some things. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're listening and watching, kind of feel like a break-in video might be the way to sort of break him in yeah, a little bit. Here's break a his nice break-in video. All right, here we go. Describe what you're seeing. Somebody is shaving their pubic hair on a bus. Is that what I'm seeing? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And is that a Female? Uh, I think it's a female. Just you know, the, these days, male, female. There's these are really it, archaic it, it, terms. These are <laughs> these are old terms. Yes, you're right. This could be anything. It seems to be wearing a bra. Whoever this is, uh, and she it she, seems to be wearing. And a bra. she's. She, she, I don't know what her preferred gender pronouns are. Okay, How I mean, dare let me tell you? you something. Those calves ain't female calves. Oh yeah, you're right. And, but there's a lot of grocery items there, right? You have to really like analyze these things. It, and it does not look like a U.S. Uh, transportation. It looks like German uh, or something. This is Toronto. Toronto, well, Canada. I just, I just appreciate that she's got a mask on. Oh, that's right. And But actually the that's most- a little below. That's the most disturbing part of this whole video, that she's yeah. wearing the mask below her nose. Yeah. How dare she? How <laughs> dare she? This, that's why, you know, by the way, the, uh, the um, woman- uh, chop instructor with the huge fake breasts on. Mm -hmm. uh, she would always wear the mask below her nose. That was so offensive to me. I couldn't get. Yeah, I couldn't is. get past that. I couldn't. I couldn't stand it's, it. It's dangerous to the kids. I'm hearing that that might be a gag. I heard that. I saw someone uh, post that. That basically that teacher was like getting in trouble for not being woke enough for being to so this toxic was, masculinity. So this was the response to it. If so, kind of brilliant troll. Uh, please let it be true. Yeah. Please, please let it be true. So is that it? We just got her shaving her pews in, in Toronto. Yeah, just a little easy break-in. In, in to Toronto, that's where it was? Uh, yeah. Hmm. And now I have something even a little bit crazier. We start getting a little bit more into the pronoun stuff. Today I'm going to be teaching you how to use snail snail's pronouns in sentences, so let's go! The reason that a person might want to use snail snail's pronouns because this person might feel like a snail throughout this person's gender. That's okay. If anything, we should just be here to love and support this person that needs the comfort of hearing a pronoun. It's not hurting anybody, and it sure as heck is not hurting you. So please, for the love of all that is good in this world, just try to be more understanding of people. So, I promise you that there are lots of neo-pronoun users out here. It's just there isn't a very comfortable space for oh. people to use neo-pronouns. Well, I don't even use neo-pronouns myself, but I know oh. that neo-pronouns are valid and they are here to stay. So let's just try to get comfortable with using neo-pronouns in sentences. When I hear this woman speak, I just think of that video with Christina eating potato chips, like, <laughs> she's just letting the chips fall out of her mouth. Like, oh, the Whoa. one that she got banned for, probably? Yes! But it was just exactly what I feel like when I listen to these videos. And, it, and was what, this a libs of TikTok one or uh, no? This this handle is lesbian Snow White. Oh, okay. So this is just actually her. I think so. So mm. uh, I love her, but I, uh, like I said, want food to vomit to fall out of my mouth when I'm listening to her speak. Sure. But but, but these people have been around since the '60s. We we just called them hippies back then, or, or then we called them Hare Krishna, and then we called them. Uh, this is just the new incarnation of this same personality, I'm realizing. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think that the the major difference and what is really a kind of fascinating social psycholo psychological experiment, which I think is turning out to be a disaster, is that now they are um, they're being emboldened by the establishment. Oh, yeah. So now it's not as if this is like a counterculture thing to do over there in the dark. We're at, they're actually being encouraged yes. by every like major institution, every authority factor, every authority, you know, is like encouraging them to do this and demonizing you for even daring to criticize it or to say like, hey, this is a little bit crazy. And so that's that's what's really interesting. That's one of the things about these TikTok uh, things and like libs of TikTok, that account that are so interesting, is that it's almost like no one really gets to see the boots on the ground in this movement until the internet starts it. You oh, know, you sure. see like the politician yes. or you see like, you know, the woke JP Morgan Chase commercial. But now you actually get to see like, oh, no, these are the actual people. And there's just 
I think there's a lot of mental illness uh, going on here. And I don't think it's, I don't think the healthy thing, you know, you, you're a medical professional, not me, but I don't think the healthy thing to do with mental illness is to like encourage it and validate it and say, yes, all of your delusions are in fact real. That is not just, that is not just well, something in your mind. You well, are that. We've just been through a gigantic delusional phase yeah. in, the, in the world, strangely, yes. which is hard to understand how that happened, but I'm trying to come to grips with it. Number one. But, uh, number two, um, this isn't mental illness in the sense of serious mental illness per se. It, it is something. <laughs> and, and it always makes me, it often makes me sad because it, it's usually bright people whose minds are being used in ways that are extremely nonproductive. Yeah. It's I, just like extremely nonproductive to gratify something that is sort of off. Well, and, yeah. and isn't it just incredibly, um, like, outrageously narcissistic? Yes. It's Always. so all roads, inwardly all roads, focused. All roads lead to narcissism. I mean, it's just like, like your entire thing you're talking about is your own identity and how you feel and how you dress and how you look. And it's just like, at any point, are you like, hey... There's a world out here that yes. does not revolve around you. And in fact, you are a member of the, the, the richest, most privileged you know, generation in human history because generations of men and women worked their fingers to the bone so you could have this. So maybe focus on like what you're doing to help other people. And again, look, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I really believe like people have the right to do whatever they want to and call themselves whatever they want to. But at the same time, other people also have the right to be like, hey, stop being such a self-absorbed jerk. And like, and no one's, and, and the fact that we're demonizing that, it just like, it doesn't allow for the correction. It's just, it's like, okay, this, it's fine. This is a phase, but at a certain point, you know what those hippies had to do? Well, they either like became drug addicts or they snapped out of it and they went and got a job. Correct. That's and, like, that's but, what but, has to happen eventually. I lived through all that. And back then it was similar in the sense that the press and the establishment entertainment would condemn anybody that didn't think it was cool. Okay. I mean, just think about, just look what happened. Let's just look at media from 1963 to 1968. It was yeah. five years. 1963, you had, you know, Huntley Brinkley report, the guy with the small, skinny, black tie with the poor room glasses. In 68, you have Laugh-In with the big, crazy daisies and stuff. Yeah. And that was everything by that point. And if you weren't a part of that, you were uncool, man. There was something wrong with you. You were part of those, uh, those establishments. So, but in a way, isn't this, so that's really kind of like the origin of this experiment. And now this is almost like the next, you know, it's generation. A, it's, a new, it's a new incarnation of, and I thought we'd been through it and it, right. it didn't go well. It didn't go well. And by the way, it gave us the seventies, which just freaking sucked. They sucked ass. They were terrible. And maybe some good films were made during the seventies, but that's about it. Yeah. Some there, decent some, music. Some decent, not even take a good look at that, but there's some <laughs> good comedians kind of. And uh, it's a good movies, and that's it. Just look at architecture and cars, and oh, yeah, no, not good. Ugh. New York City, yeah. Well, also, I think that in in the hippie generation was kind of like it was a revolt against their parents. Yes, um, but their parents were, you know, these kind of like very you know, kind of rigid, rigid yeah. and, you know, standard nuclear family, yeah. like very heavy, like gender roles and yeah. all of this stuff. Yes, and so rigid. they could, they could like rebel against that, but then kind of come back to maybe a little bit closer yeah. to that. But now this generation, almost all of these people, they, they grew up in single parent households. Mm -hmm. Most, many of them, if not most of them have been medicated since they were little children. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, problem. there's, there's, and they've also grown up with, you know, all of these forces that, in the 60s, I think and you're talking about not even, as you point out, not even in 1960, like in the mid to late 60s, yeah. we threw off these shackles of things yes. that were with humans for thousands of years. Yes, and so announced that we had figured it out now. Yeah. Now we understand. And we've Same shit you're hearing today. Yes. And we've replaced and we replaced it with nothing. Well, it's not even like there was a like, like I'm just saying, like the idea that you wouldn't have these forces like um, religion, uh, chivalry gender roles hey like all, all feel however you feel about them they were with humanity forever and, and to look 100 percent, and it was all 
gone because we now figured out what yep. the truth is. And look at uh, lesbian Snow White. It's all about love, man. It's all well, about right, love. Right. It's all love. It's all free love. Snail Beatles. is such a wonderful person. Snail's <laughs> smile is so contagious. In fact, I saw Snail make a whole audience smile. I think Snail should be very proud of Snail Cell. Oh my goodness, we made it through. And if you need more help on how to use neo pronouns and sentences, that should help. So it's any noun can be a pronoun? I guess just anything. Anything can be a pronoun. It's it's a very, you know, it's it's... Again, like I said, but this, oh, I do love her though. I really do. Love yeah, her. look, it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but isn't that almost the perfect example of what we were just saying? That the idea is there yeah. are no rules. Yeah. There should be nothing. Yeah. There should be no we constraints. We figured it out now. We figured and, out there's no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as rally. No such thing as you. Right. <laughs> and and the and and with this kind of arrogance of there's no everything about the past is like, well, because they were sexist, racist, yeah, right, awful. Right, everything. Like nothing of like, we should, well, let's learn like some wisdom from the past. Maybe they got some things wrong, but maybe they also handed us civilization. Yes, so let's see yes. like what it's, um, and yeah, I don't know. From my perspective, it, this experiment is not working out well. Bill Maher called that, uh, much so we have ableism. We can't look at the world through our, our functioning bodies because that's right. ableist. We have presentism now. Yeah, I saw that rant. I yeah. thought that was a very, a very good point yep. uh, that yep. he made. It's, yep. it's a, it is, and it, and it is. It's incredibly narcissistic. The center of it, it is that it all I roads. would have been the good guy all throughout history. All and, roads. And the truth is that if you're, it, if you are on board with whatever the dominant cultural narrative of your time is, odds are you would not have been the good guy when the dominant cultural narrative was was really horrible. Like but, odds but, are you wouldn't have been an abolitionist in 1840. Overwhelming odds are. Yes. Not yes. just 50-50. Yeah, yeah. oh, abolitionism, God bless them, literally, was considered way outside fringe. Like yes. tiny, tiny percentage of people who dared to think something so so ridiculously radical. And it actually took like a real risk. There were like lynchings of abolitionists and stuff. Like you could, it could really cost you your life. So you had to I, actually I be willing. A, I was in Harper Ferry last week to do Tim, Tim Pool. Okay. A, and uh, and I reflected on all that, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where uh, John Brown did his thing. Well, it's that, if you want to like, this is an important, uh, uh, this guy Tom Woods, who's like a brilliant historian and he wrote about this in one of his books and it, basically the point he made was was kind of like on what we're saying he said he goes look i think he wrote the book in 2014 or something and he goes look if you're against slavery in 2014 that is meaningless mm. like 100 percent of people are against slavery there's not 99.999 percent of people yeah. are against slavery yeah. he goes but if you were against slavery in 1840 that really meant something you know like you were really taking a risk oh. so the question almost should be what position are you willing to take you know, like based on like your moral beliefs that would actually carry some risk with it, that would actually like really could cost you something and is unpopular, but you believe it's the right thing to to do anyway. There's That's the lots question. Of thing, the, un, un, well, I'd like to see what that is on the sort of woke side. There's a lot of options on the non-woke side. Yeah, that's right for now, sure. Because you can get hurt really easily by standing up for what you believe in. Uh, let's talk about, let's get into some really sexist shit here, can we? All right, All right. yes, I, I know you're good at this. Come on, Dave. It's my specialty. It's the kingdom of, it's the, the uh, skanks, man. The skanks are known for their... Uh, Why no uh -oh. masculine man wants an alpha female? The term alpha female is just a nicer way of saying masculinized woman. A woman who leads, a woman who's strong, a woman who's intimidating, that's a man. <laughs> a man doesn't need or want any of those things in a woman. He wants a woman who's soft, a woman who's receptive, a woman who's vulnerable, a woman who's permissive, a woman who follows his lead. A masculine man wants a feminine woman. You know, it's crazy that this kind of stuff's bubbling up more and more these days. Well, it's clearly right a, a response yeah. to the the yeah. other woke insanity that down. it's it, you know there's um it, it, it reminds it, me almost of like this uh you know like the communists in the in, in the Soviet Union they used to brag that they had basically created a new communist man mm. and that the the average person in the Soviet Union didn't think about you know his his own incentives and his own you know self interest that he was concerned with the greater community and that they had but. Ultimately, when the Soviet Union collapsed, what did they go to? It went to nationalism, right? They all broke up into their own ethnic identities to, to at least closer to capitalism, toward businesses. Because there are certain things that are, you know, what's hardwired in is hardwired in. Right. And I think there's this big effort to kind of suppress all of this stuff. And so, of course, it comes out. And, and what's interesting is that 
a lot of young men, but also a lot of young women are really drawn to this message. There's still a lot of young women out there who like, yeah, really do want to be feminine. And it's certainly a lot well, of young I've men been, who want to be masculine. I've actually been hearing more on the women's side lately. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't really want a guy that kind of this way. You know, I don't, I don't think we should talk about that as toxic. I miss it. I like it. Yeah, know? there was a there was an interesting article from a, a young woman who's, a, I believe she's at Reason Magazine, but the, the article she wrote got picked up in the New York Times recently. I, I'm blanking on the title, but it was basically a whole piece. She's like 20 or something like that. It was basically a whole piece on how her and all her friends are miserable in hookup culture oh, and they sure. hate it. Sure. And that all of the guys have adopted this um uh what do they call it? continuous consent thing what where they have mean? to um you know this is the standard they teach in college now is that you not only have to verbally ask yeah like actually the words have to come out of your mouth yes. may i do i have consent yes. to kiss you now yeah. yes. but then you have to ask along every step of the way right do i have yes. consent to touch your ass now yes do i have consent to take out my I, penis now I, do if I, I have, were, if, and, and and then she's she's almost kind of dumbfounded she's like you know all the guys are doing it and yet we're still not happy and you're like, yeah, no kidding. Shocking. How would this not kill the mood for anything? Like, I, if I were single, I would have I would have a series of f- forms. I, I, I would literally have contracts. I got. I, I kid you not. I got married like right when the uh, Me Too movement uh, started, and I was like, man, I could not have picked a better time to get out of the game. This is a good time. This is a good, goodbye. I don't know how to navigate these waters, but I do think. Well, again, this may not be true for a hundred percent of people. What this guy is saying, yeah, but it is true for the majority of people that these type, the, these archetypical kind of you know models are more or less true. And that I don't think it's like at quite as strict as he's saying in these few seconds. I mean, I think there's lots of areas in my marriage where my wife leads, uh, primarily with like stuff with the kids. Well, she knows where everything is. Yeah, she'll yeah. she'll make decisions like, now we're doing well, this, we're my, not doing hey, this. Uh, Andy, is my wife alpha female? Uh yeah, your your wife makes all the decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 sure. more is she more like the one that is she like the man that this guy's talking about? <laughs> she's she's a little that way, right? Maybe after the testosterone. Oh, yeah, it's helped out a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I because see, I find a lot of those qualities that he's talking about, other than being a male, kind of appealing. I like women; they're kind of that way. I, sure. I like that. It's fine. It's you know, the, I, the too too much soft and receptive makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But, well, that's that, I, but that's I mean, me. That's yeah. just me. You know? I think there's um, a lot of people who are very happy in uh, traditional gender roles, mm. and a lot of that I think can pretty easily be explained by the fact that they are uh, not, as the feminists would claim, something that's imposed by patriarchy, but in fact that they organically bubbled up from biology and the realities of the world, and that we've kind of, in many ways, this is what we've evolved to be. Um, you know, as, like, I, I always like saying as like an example, a thought experiment for people, but you go like, okay, so feminism, right? Like first wave feminism starts, w- w- what, I guess in the, in the very late 19th century, mm-hmm. uh, s- second wave feminism is in the 1960s. You go, why was it, you know, we got 5,000 years or whatever of, of civilization. Why do we wait till then? How, why know. not? Why not in the year 1320? Why you don't we have you know feminism? Why? You know Why? Because we had antibiotics and yeah. we had birth control pills. Right. So I'm saying go that, back to a time before that and several other things but, too. But right? their point is we were unmoored from our biological reality. Yes, in a sense we yeah. were, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying that if you just say, so back in say whatever, say the year 1600 mm. or something like that, it's not even just that we don't have antibiotics and we don't have birth control. Mm. We also don't have washing machines and vacuum mm. cleaners. And I mean, like the, the work of taking care of the house is like really, really difficult work. And then the work of like working in the fields is like backbreaking agricultural work. And also, by the way, you're going to get pregnant about eight or nine times because yes. you have to do it. So if, who's going to do survive? Yeah, if you survive. Right. So who's going to do the housework? Yeah. The woman yeah. who's constantly pregnant yeah. or the man who's much physically stronger to go. There is just no option. And my, the point is just that we evolved to have these gender roles. So even if our technology like surpassed the, the harshness of nature and we have the option now not to, that doesn't just completely change the hard wiring to still like have some desires for that. Right. It, it's cool to be unmoored from th- certain sure. things, but to not look at some of the realities of it. And that, that's what that's what I was saying about sexual. I will hear me on this show talk about in sexuality and relationships. There there are things that are just so, and we're sort of unhinged from all that. And people think they ought to be able to do a certain thing, but they have real feelings that are different. Yeah. And they have to really uh, sort of accommodate those feelings, listen to those feelings. Speaking of listening, let's get some uh, voicemails in here. Doctor, Booth Boys, uh, this is Charles, um, 31, from Beville, and I was wondering 
what it, like do people normally remember uh having amnesia when they like forget everything cuz i took mushrooms when i was 24 like way too fucking many mushrooms and i had full blown amnesia for like 12 hours and i remember all of it like i was straight up asking my buddy's dad uh where i was who i was I asked him oh, I see. if I was a oh, human. Yeah, yeah, no. I get it. I, I get asked it. him if I was retarded, if it was going to be forever. Like, and I literally remember all of it. Yeah. But at the time, I remember being really fucking scared. Yeah. And just, he, he had to calm me down by playing fucking Go Fish. And I <laughs> could not play Go Fish. <laughs> didn't remember, didn't remember how to play. Keep them high and tight. So uh, that is the worst part of amnesia, remembering everything. <laughs> you know, I know. No, I think what he's saying is he had what's called retrograde amnesia. Yes, I know. I get. Yes, I got it so, after he explained yes. it. But yeah, that was so confusing. he had he had antecedent retrograde amnesia, but the experience of being amnestic and being in that state is something he remembers. Okay. So he was laying down new memories in spite of the fact that he couldn't remember anything about the past. Okay. And that's you know mushrooms. Well done, everybody. Yeah, it's like when people talk about using mushrooms for everything. I'm like, they're just they're adverse effects, man. I just they just are. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing that's um that's completely risk free in that in that type of like hallucinogen world and brain. Now now I I'm again I'm a libertarian. I believe all drugs should be legal, but I do think sometimes, and it's true with with weed too. Even I think that there there has been way too much of of an attempt over the last, you know, decade or so. To gloss it. To, right, yeah. for people to argue yeah. there are no yeah. negative effects. Yeah. And, right. and anyone who's arguing like there are no yeah. negative effects even of, of pot, it's like we all know people who smoked way too much pot and it, 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 it hurt their life. I'm not saying it's that people are ODing. It's not fentanyl, but there, there's a lot of like young people who it's like, yeah, you could cut back on the pot. But you know what's interesting though to me is you, as you say those words, it's occurring to me that we open talking about the media's excesses that I think generally people are fucking sick and tired of rhetorical excess. Yeah. They, they just are intolerant of it a little bit now, and that's a good thing. Anytime somebody makes ridiculous sweeping over-the-top declarations about anything, people just kind of roll their eyes down and say, eh, we'll see, let's see. You know, well, hopefully. Them. I mean, I certainly do see a lot of people making those uh, sweeping generalizations. We do, but I, but a lot of, I think, you know, more and more people are like, oh. I think there are some people who are waking up to it because the truth is that that's never right. Because you couldn't even say if it you before. Went, yeah. You couldn't even talk about it. Now you yeah. can say it and then you can watch everyone go, yeah, me too, under their breath. You know? and, that, and it also, it doesn't work either way, right? So like, it's also just not true that, look, there are positive effects that people have gotten from yeah. Of mushrooms course, and from marijuana course, and from all these things like there's there, that part's real too yes. but it's also a delicate balance and it's you're you're messing with your pineal gland and stuff right and, it's and when like, i'm you know, when i'm you know advising things i have to understand the risk reward yeah, i have to really right. understand it i cannot make the make the advice and uh, I'm, I'm amusing myself so much these days you know I'm, I'm moderate i've been in the middle the whole time like I said, I thought I was libertarian, but I kind of I'm really interested in, in government solving problems. I'm interested in it, but I'm they can solve problems, but, but stop creating all of but, them. Well, that's true too. But but I'm fascinated by Michael Malice might yet have a more bigger influence on me. Yes, you, can, you need can, a heavy dose. So, of, you don't need so, LSD. You just need malice. You need a heavy dose so, of malice. So uh, my point though is I'm really entertaining, enjoying myself these days, watching people that were. My, I have most all of my friends are liberal. I'd say classical liberals, right? And they're all like, cut, un, like something cut them loose, and they're trying to find what they are now. And yeah. they think some of them are way over to the right. I'm shocked, and it's really it's so entertaining though to watch everybody well, sort of like oh, I thought I was this, and now I'm that. And well, because it's yeah. Well, we're kind of living through like almost the failure of liberalism, and so that's what's interesting is that liberalism now. I mean, to even compare classical liberalism to what the word means today it's such a it's like a, a monster of yeah. its former <laughs> yes. self that resembles yeah. nothing yeah. and in so many cases is like the antithesis <laughs> right. of what liberals well, that, were supposed to be well, about. that's why they're like, ending up somewhere else where they're shocked where they're ending yeah. up you know they sort of they're ending up that they're on the right at all is shocking to them yeah. and most of them are sort of center right and some of them are way over there it's like as an and thank God I've been independent the whole time, so I just I just gotta keep navigating. Right. But yeah. I'm watching everybody else kind of swing around. Uh, all right, well, give me one more of the uh, medical medical uh, voicemails. Hey, Doctor Drew, calling because I've had a chronic back issue 
Can you stop this for a second? I, everybody's um, been sounding depressed as shit lately, and that it gives us voice messages. Are, are our, our listeners okay? I think I've just been picking the wrong ones. Here, let's, uh, you know what? It's you also maybe female, it's the- women. You know, the women are much more uh, gleeful. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let's maybe switch over to, let me see. Oh, we might not have any from women right now. Oh, dude. Come on, on, ladies. Come on. Here we go. All right. Here's All a right. lady. All right. Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I'm calling real quick because I'm in a heated discussion with my husband who thinks, I'm assuming, like, the distance between my asshole and my vagina, like, the, that area of skin would be the same. Or it'd be I'm on the phone. Or that, that that would be the same or equal Mom. to the space between a man's butthole and his balls. Like, our our taints are equal equal size equal size or about about equal distance you would say because he's trying to tell me that he's never accidentally that his balls have never accidentally touched his asshole and I don't I just don't believe it um yeah <laughs> yeah I don't believe it that's all um, well, that's a good question year old female from Atlanta Georgia did she say twenty one or forty one you could answer this. 21. That would, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Yo, thank you. Thank you. You made my day. Thank you, honey. And they say uh, that the young generation doesn't care about science. Yeah, <laughs> about important issues. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I like the way my female callers just like, they, they get into it. Yeah. They really want an answer. So we're going to have to show me a picture of a male perineum and a female perineum. Can I, I'm going to take a guess off the top yes. of this. I'm going to say, first of all, that I think the male taint is, is going to be bigger because men are, tend to be bigger. So I would uh, guess but let's, that. But let's take, let's take that off the table. Okay, yes, but that's pr- proportionally true. Proportionally. Is but yes, no, about. your balls are not going to touch your asshole. No, There's that just too happen. much, like, I mean, people they're not so, long enough and there's too much guys, cushioning I mean, around. to be fair, some guys have crazy, I mean, there are people, we, don't you guys have videos of a guy shoving his balls in his asshole? Oh, I'm not saying you couldn't <laughs> physically get it there yeah, if you, yeah. like, re- that was your your. I'm just goal. saying, but that's, a, but that's I'm saying it's not just going to happen to you. It's also rare. It's rare. It's a talent. It's a certain thing. Uh, and that's really not a function of the distance the asshole so much as the ball's distance from the ground. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's a good it's point, It's much too. more about that. Uh, okay, there, there. The one on the second row left, there. Okay, can you enlarge that in some way? So, hmm, the point I want to make is that a lot of that area consumed by the... Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that area consumed uh, sort of really kind of by the testicles, Right would be labia. And the labia do kind of attach to an opening, right? And so there's an opening that comes down to where the nuts are, essentially. So there is probably a lesser distance. Now now show me, a, let's look at a female perineum, and you'll see. So Because testicles are the, the really sort of where the labia are. They're, they're the same structure. Just you know. I'm, I'm following. Yeah. And now we have, okay, here we go. Can you learn? There we go. And you see how the the labia come down there. There's an opening there where you would have had testy. So it depends where you start measuring the taint. Mm. Do you measure it at where the you know the? It's it's sort of a yeah. It's like is the taint half full? Yeah, or is the taint half, half empty? full. It's exactly my words. Is the taint half full or half empty? It's a philosophical question. And, but really. you see my point, which is that there is a there is the the labia do come down a little bit more towards the, the perineum or the taint, and so probably that's what your boyfriend is at least talking about. And some women, by the way, have different sort of angles of the vagina. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They sort of come down a little further, even so. I'm going to say that uh, your husband's sort of right. That there's, oh, yeah. generally speaking, less there in a female uh, perineum. And he's definitely, I, I would say, he's not lying to you about his balls not touching his asshole, which seemed to be her. She's like, he's claiming this, and I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on him. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think your guy's a good guy, and he's telling you the I truth. I agree. He's just giving, telling you, just matter of fact. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's a decent bet. Uh, hey, a week ago I shaved my balls and asshole for the first time in a long time, but now I'm experiencing this thing where every time I sit down without fail, my ass produces a fart. It's not a hard or loud fart, but every every time I sit down, what the hell? I honestly don't know. I'm actually farting or somewhat creating an air pocket when I sit down. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the aeronautical engineering. 
<laughs> I'm sure it'll go away when my hair grows back, but I'm just wondering what the heck is happening here every time. So keep your jeans high and tight, touch my tamper through, through the friends, et cetera. Hi, Hitler, et cetera. So um, uh, these are just greetings here. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, of course. Uh, so I have wondered, it, it, you know, when the, the remnant hair on the human body generally has some kind of function. And like hair in the nose, for instance, people do a lot of plucking and pulling and sh shaving of the hair, nose hair. And nose hair clearly has an immune function and an anti-allergic function, right? It captures mm. stuff getting towards the more sensitive, absorptive well, areas of the bone, right? And so when you shave these things off or pull them out, you're kind of exposing yourself a little bit. The asshole, the hair probably has a function too in terms of keeping things back where they belong, so to speak. It probably mm. helps sort of seal things better. And as you see, so there you go. It's just kind of release in some situations. I'm not saying that all assholes function like that, but this asshole functions like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like we said before, everything in life is a trade-off. You got to decide. You want to make little farts when you sit down or you want to have a real hairy asshole. But you can't have it all. You can't have it all. That's the trade-off between spontaneous farts and hairy asshole. That's That's the... That's the title for today. Matter of fact, title of the show. Pick your uh, path, Western man. Let's <laughs> let's see if we've got some more videos to kind of scroll through here. Yeah, here I got some uh, horrible or hilarious for uh -huh. you. Okay. Do you have any uh, TikToks? Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. College dorm, right? Uh oh. Splinter in the eye. Oh boy. Pretty funny. Oh boy. That's oh, unfortunate. Yeesh. Man, just. Ah! Ugh, my eyes hurt just looking at it. Hurt, hurting yourself when you're doing the absolute most retarded thing you could do. Yeah. It's just, it does make it hard to feel as bad for you, but you're still just like. I remember, I, I, I remember just how, how stupid I was when I was 19. Like, we were all such idiots and just do so many things that you're like, just thinking about this. Like, why would you do this? I tell women this all the time. And I have not yet met a man that disagrees with this that we are just animals until we're about 27. Yeah. Just animals. And if they wanted to, if they put us in a cage till then, it'd be like reasonable. Yeah. We, we would have protected us, we would have protected other people. It's it's kind a, of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We are just animals. And the stuff we do makes. Sense doesn't even make sense because because it's just random aggressive outbursts of it's all so, type. It's so I got I got two little kids, you know, um, they're like four and one, so like little kids. Boys, uh, a four year old's a girl, mm -hmm. one year old's a boy, um, and I'm just so scared for that period in their life because you can nerf the world you, for them when they're little kids. No, I know, no, I know, I won't know, <laughs> so, but you just have to release them into the world yes, at a certain point and yes. go. I know you're still an idiot, but here you go, figure yeah, it out, yeah. and like it's I, gonna it's gonna be bad. Ah. Well, so uh, getting my doctor to listen, I have a peculiar appetite, a peculiar sense I don't get hunger pains or urge to eat. I have to generally think about what I've had throughout the day. In the past, I've been able to stimulate sensations of hunger by smoking marijuana. Now yeah. I've bought this up to a few primary care providers, and most have given me the advice of just eat more. Few that have done anything uh, about it uh, order blood work when it comes back normal. They scratch their head. I did, I did have one doctor prescribe me Magestrol, which will stimulate appetite. Uh, it worked a little bit. So how do I get a proper help? What do you think could be going on with me? Thanks. Look, appetite is a funny biology. It's, and I, I don't mean funny, haha. -ha. It's peculiar, it's complicated, and it's different from person to person. Uh, some people that are obese have an appetite disorder. In fact, now we have diabetic medication that are that are once-a-week injections that we've been using for blood sugar control that actually affect that whole appetite system, the leptin mm. and all that ghrelin system. And I've spoken to several people whose lives were transformed. They, they literally, they're like late 20s, early 30s, saying, I've been telling everybody I'm just hungry all the time. I can't control my appetite. And it went away with this medication. That is and pretty I, incredible. And I've lost 300 pounds or whatever it is. And, and so just talk to your doctor about that. There's a couple of them out there that they're using for this. And uh, it's, it's a big deal. It's not being used widespread yet. It will be. I'm convinced of it. Huh. No, and that's, uh, as she mentioned, that's um, one of the areas where, medically speaking, marijuana has been shown yep. to have a real yep. uh, impact is True. on at people who have no appetite. I know not chemo just, patients who have said that it really got them through Not just, uh, you know, tetrahydrocannabinol, but also uh, the... Uh, CBD? No, there's a there's a, a pharmaceutical version of cannabis out there. It's it's uh, yeah yeah I know what you're talking I'm about. I'm blanking uh, on the name. 
Look at pharmaceutical it, ma- Marinol or Marinol, something? Marinol, exactly. Yeah. Marinol. And Marinol is specifically designed to stimulate yeah, appetite yeah. and decrease nausea and that kind of thing. But, you know, if you want to smoke weed, fine. You smoke weed. If that works better for you, great. Uh, where should we go next, gentlemen? Uh, how Hic- about... Hiccups? Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah. that. I'm off to see a doctor because I've had, uh, had hiccups for over 48 hours. Uh, la, 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 they're really painful too. Yeah, it hurts after and a while. I have like voiceover stuff to record. Uh oh, he's got a good voice. Meetings. He does. So do you? Up. Do you voiceover stuff? You? Just, I haven't. Radio? No I've done radio. Yeah. yeah. Do you radio like like as a job or just appearance? Well, I do the podcasting as a job, but no, no I've, well, I've done a bunch of serious I mean, XM shows yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you've, you've got natural radio voice. Well, thank you. So hiccups uh, are very uncomfortable, and they are actually a medical problem, and they can be a sign of serious stuff sometimes. Mm. Uh, there's brain tumors that can do this if they persist. Persist. He's at forty eight hours. Right. That's uh, technically persistent hiccups, but you can also even esophagitis, ulcers, gastritis problems you know growths under the diaphragm tumors and things that can stimulate it yeah. so it's it's a concern I, it I, more often than not it ends up being nothing but it can be something so it needs to be evaluated but well he said he's off to see the doctor he is and uh, no follow-up video huh what uh no 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 the follow-up video uh i actually don't have it in here but he said that he was they finally went away yeah we used to use thorazine to treat hiccups like that what is Thorazine? Thorazine is like that old-fashioned antipsychotic that makes people like oh, that shuffle really? around and stuff. Yeah, works for hiccups. Small <laughs> dose works for hiccups. Now yes. I heard something about hiccups where if you drink water upside down. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I I just feel I Susan gets horrible hiccups once in a while, and I, just getting her off it and getting her to relax her diaphragm and breathe deeply tends to tends to get her through it. We'll, we'll talk to her about hiccups when she comes in here. <laughs> so, if uh, you had fun so far, this has been great. <laughs> do I no, love this. Do, no groovy, groovy TikToks or anything like Christina collated groovy TikToks. Groovy TikToks. I can show uh, Dave. Yeah, we got some groovy okay. TikToks for you. This is what this is what Christina P spends her time looking at. <laughs> Dude, its eyes are rolling back in its head. It's yeah, like they do. Oh, That's a really good shot. It's eating a whale. Pressure mm. shark. Right? Why do we show that? That was a shark eating a dead whale. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so this is all on Christina P's uh, TikTok algorithm, and she pulls her favorite ones. And why did she like this? Shows. Just keep going. Give me just cool. One. It's education. Give me another one. Ah, Let's this is Christina. You come over here. Come on. It's a lot of this on TikTok. Christina's got a lot of this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, what is your sort of uh, take? What do you think? Well, I'm not going over. No, you're not going on a date. And it's a male or somebody. Maybe it's a snail also, but I don't know. Could be a snail. It could be a snail. Um, it's at this point. It's safe to just assume everyone's a snail. Do you have a yeah. they'll you correct have, you? Do you have a reaction to him? Her? Or him? I don't even understand what's happening here. He's Who's saying a, let's he, go on a date? He is. He's 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 procu- he's uh, soliciting Asking. soliciting out there. I mean, it's it's a bold strategy. I I have the same reaction every time. Sad makes me sad. Well, you know, it's people are lonely and pathetic. It's and they, all part of horny Thursday, horny Friday, horny Saturday. I know sometimes they go all full into weird masturbatory sort of mode, and it's like uh, I don't feel sad anymore. Give me another. <laughs> give me another one. Oh, cobra. Who's gonna get bit? The snake charmer or the guy with the camera? Oh, I like the camera coming in close. That's so smart. (laughs) Just let go of it. I know. That's it? Yep. She's getting into animal stuff now? That's just what the algorithm's feeding her. Give me another one. Give me one more. You got it. 
the algorithm. It's like some sort of... This is day 300 ah. of walking on all fours every day. Heat was definitely a factor today, but since it's the last episode of season 10, I wanted to get outside and do something fun. I started off with some laps, and I still can't believe how much more smooth this looks and feels. I think I'm really starting to get the hang of it. I've been preparing to transition from running to all fours, so I gave that a try. The preparation oh, wow. I've done seems to have pretty impressive. It, it is impressive. I like well. that. It's crazy to think that in two more months, I'll have been doing this for over a year. Thank you all for joining me on this journey. I now, like that. Go kind get of some XP. Running XP? I don't know what that is, but like running like a dog, kind experience. of. That's what that was. So uh, I uh, had an experience in the uh, Wadi Rum Desert of Jordan. I went and did a reality show where I trained with special ops forces. Okay. And uh, a lot of crab walking. Really? That's what of, they do? Just as part of the punishment. There's a lot of punishment when you're working for special forces. Uh, any, anybody makes one wrong move, everybody's punished. And crab walks or, or duck walks were the typical punishment. Duck walk where you're walking like with your knees, your ass below your knees. Yeah, that's That's, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I times. wouldn't think so. No, no. So what else coming up? Let's wrap this thing up. What where have you had a good time so far? I've I've loved this. Great. I could do okay. this for hours. Well, maybe we'll bring you back. Um, <laughs> but uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Did we get to everything? You no, man. Like stern, I, like you said it all. You said I've, it all. I've I've had a great time, man. And I'll tell you, all our our guys were real excited at the idea that you might be coming out to Skankfest. Really, so I really I, hope I'm, you do. I'm hoping my wife crosses paths with us in the hall here because I'm gonna have you kind of work on her a little bit. I will. I, I will tell you. I, I will give her my pitch. My would, scientific. Yeah, because uh, I think I think if not that, can I please come back on Legion of Skanks or both? Dude, can you can come back on Legion of Skanks. Let us know next time you're in New York. Absolutely, and just call you and just come yeah, yeah, yeah. What is Monday night? Is it? It's every Monday night at yeah. the stand. Absolutely. Let it, me know next time you're in New York. Okay. You'll come back I'm on. We'd back. love to have you. Yeah, I was supposed to come back in October. But I think it's gonna be more like November when I come okay. back there. But I really something about that show is just tremendously enjoyable for me. Yeah, and uh, it's it's it is. And those of you who have not watched Legions of Skank, where can we find it? Oh, it's uh well, gasdigitalnetwork.com is the that's the website with all of our podcasts on it. But it's up everywhere. It's iTunes, YouTube. It's you something know, to behold. Wherever. It's yes. something to behold. And if you, it and, is a force of nature. And what a force of nature! It's a good way to describe it. And if people want to come watch it, actually be in the studio there with yeah, you. Yeah, at the Stand Comedy Club on uh, East Sixteenth Street, right near Union Square in New York City. Uh, every Monday night at 8 p.m. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, thank you and say hi to my boys over there. I really uh, miss them. Uh, I was just saying I want to bring Lewis back in here, and uh, I won't embarrass him again about the actor <laughs> from Barry, but, but it is, I'm on to something it's, there. No, it's I, pretty spot on. Uh, I'd love to bring that guy in someday to shake hands and get the picture of those two guys <laughs> together. All right, thank you guys for the voice messages and the emails, and uh, Booth Boys, thank you guys as well, and we'll see everyone next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.